Hi everyone, welcome to a fresh edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast, coming to you from the slight echo right now of one of the sheets inside MB Ice Arena. Chris Bowden, your pre- and post-game host for you on WGN Radio, joined by the Chelsea blogger, Scott King, fresh off a tweet. What are you tweeting about, Scott? Oh, you know, just Crawford's thoughts on Seattle joining NHL. <laughs> and uh, later on with Arizona uh, joining the Central. Some interesting stuff. If you want to check out my Twitter, at Scotty Media. Oh, at least you got, uh, we asked, this was fresh news for everybody. And obviously some of the players and Jeremy Carlton hadn't thought about it that much when we were asking about it. But um, maybe you should uh, have a contest for nicknames or anything like that. You got anything in mind? Supersonics? Uh, coffee needles. Coffee needles. <laughs> Grunge rockers was my suggestion. You can see the sweaters now. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Nirvanas, maybe something like that. The Cobains, maybe not. But uh, well, maybe we'll circle back to Seattle here. But for the here and now, as we record on Tuesday afternoon, fresh off a of practice before the Blackhawks board a flight to Anaheim, two games in two nights. Not going to be a long stay in Vegas. Maybe that's a good thing um, for all parties involved since uh, they'll be coming right back after that game or maybe even Friday morning. But here we stand. We're about a month into Jeremy Carlton's time here as Blackhawks head coach. 3-8-2. and two. Nothing, a record that nobody wants to hear about, uh, savoring, perhaps wallow in right now. And I tried to ask Jeremy, you know, some of his thoughts about a month in and things are becoming so fast and furious for him that he really hasn't given it a whole lot of thought and said as much. But uh, I don't think anybody's uh, nobody can be happy with the way the Blackhawks are right now, and unfortunately, Scott, we're we're in a part where you know Troy and I were even talking about it after the game last night, uh, or rather Sunday night, after that game in Calgary, a three-two loss is almost like a step in the right direction. These steps have become so small in this process to try and turn things around from you know, a, a fundamental standpoint with what Jeremy wants to do that, unfortunately, that's where, where the Blackhawks are right now. And you can't even look at the standings. It has to be simplified for each player in that room and the coaching staff to start playing the way they need to. And uh, it's been several steps taken backward before they can start, unfortunately, taking steps forward. I think that's true. I think a 3-2 to two loss to Calgary, you know, even at home, I think that was a positive. You look at how there wasn't either much improvement or very little improvement, things trending in the right direction before that, um, kind of collectively. So I think things are started trending in the right direction little by little. Ask Taves after the game if, he, if it seemed like, you know, even having a, a decent game against a good team like that, if it seems like maybe they're starting to turn the page and turn things around. And, and he thought so, and I will say at Tuesday's practice, it, you know, I think just kind of – the feeling in the air, I guess you could say. I think things are a little more upbeat now than maybe they were previously, and I, I think uh, the practice was, and there was a good pace to it. I think the guys are more upbeat in the room, and you know that kind of matters when you're going through a slump like this. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Against the Anaheim team, it almost seems like every team that the Blackhawks are playing now, they're playing teams that are suddenly on a roll. Anaheim stunk earlier this season. They're starting to get some guys back right now, but they have won four in a row, and I believe six of seven, one of the teams the Blackhawks did beat earlier in the season. And then they go into Vegas. Well, you saw Vegas here at the United Center last week. They appear to be back in a groove right now. And uh, it, it just seems the Blackhawks luck the Blackhawks way right now that whoever they turn around and face. So, 
you know, whether that was a step in the right direction, again, they'll have two real quick tests to find out uh, how far of a step it was in the direction or whether they're still going to be treading water here over Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, you know, they're working out a lot of things. They have some new personnel, new coach, obviously. So, like I said, things may be seeming to, to start trending in the right direction. They are working out a lot of different things. Even some of them might be small details, but it's, it's a tough schedule. And it's a, it's a long stretch of a tough schedule. So it's really hard to come up against that when you're trying to improve on a lot of things and do some new things, too. And after this uh, Anaheim-Vegas trip, five of the next six games are at home starting on, on Sunday. Uh, then they go on the road to Winnipeg, and then the following four games will be at home. So uh, that's an opportunity where you're not constantly on the road to hopefully fine-tune some things. And I, I guess the biggest hope has to be what we saw on Saturday in Nashville that's the bottom because the way uh, we talk time and time again and they have proven time and time again over the course of the last couple of weeks they have not been ready to start games and that was exhibit a in nashville with those three goals in the first four minutes 11 seconds all three of them coming in a two minute span and um you were probably watching at home and i went back and watched the tv broadcast eddie said the same thing that troy was saying uh physicality, net front presence on the defensive end, not just on the offensive end, but on the defensive end is, you know, another one of these baby steps that the Blackhawks have to take moving forward because uh, that game in Nashville uh, hopefully is the bottom and there's nowhere to go but up from there because everything that had been jumping up and biting the Blackhawks was evident in those first five minutes down there against a team where you thought you had an opportunity to do something against with Forsberg, Arvidsson, Subban, and Turris all out and a couple of kids just called up from the minors and, you know, they added to the humility too. Yeah, great point by both of them. For me, I thought it's a positive that, look, when things are boiling over, let them really boil over. Let let Keith, you know, drop the gloves. And, and yeah, I don't think you want to keep seeing Alex Debrinkit fight, but, you know, he got in there too. So you want to see that response too. And that goes with uh, the physicality that you and they mentioned. You, you want to see tempers flare and guys address things and that sends a message to the team and they responded a little bit after that you know i, I thought they they played a little harder um but yeah that's that's you know hopefully that is you can look back in a few games maybe if this uh trip is not as hard as it can be out west and say that was the uh that was the breaking point that that was the bottom hopefully yeah and we started to see that a little bit more on sunday night against calgary the you know not everyone was in a real good mood rightly so and and you know brandon manning uh say what you will about the way he started his season but one of his roles is starting to be fulfilled in terms of protecting that net Blackhawks should be getting Connor Murphy back shortly from his his back surgery. He's another guy that can provide a little bit of that um, snarl, if you will, in front of the net. And uh, I talked about to Jeremy Carlton during his media availability. I asked him about the need to be harder in front of his own net, protecting Cam Ward, protecting Corey Crawford. And I also asked him in a follow-up as well about... That's one of the reasons why Eric Gustafson was scratched on Sunday, a guy that he coached along in Rockford last year to the point where he was promoted back to the big club. And perhaps one of the reasons in at least one of those goals early on against Nashville, why we were sitting up in the press box on Sunday night against Calgary. And here's some of Jeremy's thoughts on Gustafson specifically, but in general, protecting the net a little bit better. We can be harder to play against, for sure. And it's not just one or two guys. Like, everyone can be harder to play against. We're not expecting everyone to be running people over out there, but uh, we do need to get through hands and 
take a confrontation sometimes, and that's how you win the puck back. Is that most prevalent around the net when I see more around the net? I think it's most prevalent when you don't do it. You know, it ends up in the back of your net. So uh, got to be, we got to bear down in those battles, and um, that'll make it easier for us. You had Eric with you last year in Rockford when he earned his promotion here. The decision the other night is, is pretty clear on what he needs to do in order to stay in the lineup. Yeah, he. We didn't talk to him on the day of the game just because we traveled and and uh, we wanted we were. Uh, focusing on preparing for that night but you know there has been conversations in the past and there will be in the future and it's important you know he's got to know what we expect I think he does and it's just a matter of doing it now. Now we see if the Blackhawks can follow up on what they did on Sunday from that standpoint being a little harder to play against in front of the own net and really that was after Matthew Kachuk took some liberties early on and Corey Crawford got fed fed up and I think that at least uh, passed the message along to some of his teammates that he wasn't liking what was going on but Anaheim always a hard team to play against they're known for their physicality Vegas will do the same thing as they fly up and down the ice so we'll know in a span of a little bit more than than 24 hours in those two games on Wednesday and Thursday whether the Blackhawks are able to respond as we go to another angle that's been tormenting this team although it's been a little bit better lately is offensive production and finally last week in the game in Winnipeg a little bit against uh, Vegas you started to see some of the lower half, bottom six guys, start to provide a little bit offensively. Good to see Artem and Isimov start to have a little bit of production. But the other end of that was, you know, the, the performance by the top six was lacking, not really getting what you want to out of that particular group. And Scott, that's kind of been the way things have gone here for the first couple of months of the season. Just when you think you have, you know, one hole plugged, you know, another leak develops here. And uh, while it was good to see, I think David Camp's been playing really well so far, uh, especially lately here since Colleton has taken over. But uh, there seems to be a difficulty mixing and matching, trying to find guys for Jonathan Taves to play with, Patrick Kane to play with. And you can't blame blame Jeremy Colleton if something's not working to keep sticking with it. Uh, You can make the argument for consistency, and these guys aren't ever going to be able to click if they're not playing together. But there's also, you know, a, a patience level that I'm sure... He can only stand, so he doesn't like sitting here at three eight and two either, as his, as his record. Right, yeah, I mean, he's been tinkering at the lines, not not a whole lot. I think he's given guys some time to adjust to, to new uh, lines and new combinations. And you obviously want a complete team game there with with your four line rotation. You mentioned David Camp. I you know I think it's really interesting that he, yeah he has been noticeable, and a lot of that's that burst of speed. I feel like the last few games have been like two nice breakaways he's had, and you, you know it, it, I, you could probably I imagine credit that to the confidence Carlton had with him in Rockford and 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 now um so that that's maybe one area maybe where the coaching changes a little clear and and helping a bit but uh yeah I don't think you know specifically with with Kane um I imagine you're getting to a little more here is that uh you don't want a, a player with Kane's skill set you don't want the team play to dictate his play you don't want the correspond there so no matter who he's with you can usually kind of be rest assured that he's he's going to break out of it. And even when he's had these stellar seasons, there's always been a stretch with him where, you know, just a little under par uh, for his game. So I think he'll bounce out of it. He'll never come out and say it. Um, and he's always been a trooper throughout his career here with all the different line mates that he's had. Uh, but I, I think it has had some effect on him here lately because when you look at the numbers, even though he's, he's scored, you know, points consistently in terms of laying the lamp and goal scoring, he has uh, one goal in his last 12. 
12 games, two goals in his last 16. And while they tried to get something going with Strom and Dabrinkit, following the trade last week. Sunday, he started out skating with uh, the guys who had been really playing best or most consistently of late. Colleton decides to put him with Dominic Cahoon and David Camp to start that game against Calgary. And uh, I also asked uh, you know Jeremy some of his impressions about uh, how the new guys have been performing. I think we've seen some flashes from Dylan Strom. Uh, Brendan Perlini, unfortunately, in my eyes, has been pretty quiet of late. And you know he's the guy who has the more... Um, impressive resume in the NHL compared to Strom with 14 and 17 goal seasons with Arizona. It hasn't quite uh, clicked to here, even though he's gotten opportunities over the last uh, couple of games to play top six minutes. But back to Kane, he was asked a little bit about you know having to skate with different line mates, the carousel kind of continuing. And uh, once again, after practice on Tuesday, uh, he was a good trooper about it, at least publicly. You know, obviously production's been pretty light lately, so uh, it's been pretty frustrating. Um, you know, just trying to uh, trying to figure that out, trying to uh, uh, learn from what you can do better, but also going to every game and um, just kind of as a new challenge, wipe the slate clean and try to try to be better that night. But uh, yeah, I think uh, you know we've been losing here a little bit, and then when you're not producing, it's uh, it definitely weighs on you a little bit. So uh, um, hopefully, try to find some production here within playing the team game. Doesn't it affect the way you play at all? You think when it's you know when it's a, a bad stretch for the team, is it harder to be at your peak individually? Um, no, I don't think so. I think uh, you know it's probably the opposite. When things are struggling and going the opposite way, you're thinking that um, you know you could be doing something about it. Um, uh, especially when you're losing games and you're not playing your best, you feel like you could be better and help the team win. So. That's kind of where we're at. Now, since Jeremy took over, I mean, any general thoughts on, on uh, you know, how things have gone? I know the record isn't not where you want to be right now. Yeah, I thought we got some energy from him, especially off the start. Um, seemed like things were kind of going to turn around. We were playing a better game. And then, you know, lately it's like we can't even play our game because we're, um, you know, like we just talked about, we're, we're, we're chasing the game every time. So um, it's tough to really get a feel on it right now. But, uh, you know, I think he's staying positive. He's trying to give the group as much as he can, as much information as, as we can handle right now, especially uh, defensively and tracking pucks and things like that. So um, I don't know if we can figure it out and kind of start putting it together. I think we can see some results. Didn't mean to skim you by there before going to the Patrick Kane sound, but what, what have, uh, Scott, what have been some of your impressions through one week of of uh of, of the new guys you, you can see that there, there's some there's some talent there now it's a matter of putting it all together and again I, I thought my impressions of Strom so far he's seen flashes you could you could see what you know Stan Bowman uh, saw in him in order to make this trade and, and bring him over Perlini's been quiet so far and I know it doesn't help in Blackhawk fans eyes that they see Nick Schmaltz as a goal and three, three assists through his first three games with the Arizona Coyotes as we tape here but what have been a couple of your impressions of the new guys apology accepted uh, thank you <laughs> No, I, just, I was just going to add that Strom, you know, with the goal totals you were mentioning, you know he has the hands. I think his first couple games, you know, he, you, we didn't get a lot out of him with the top six guys, like you said, but his first
first few games, I think you noticed some really good speed. And that's I asked Strom about Perlini when uh, they first got here, and he said that's something you're going to notice right away, and fans are going to notice his speed. So I think he's got the tools to, to be a good player anywhere in the lineup. And Strom, you know, it's just pretty impressive when maybe he had some trouble kind of scoring goals in Arizona. That He's got two in his first week, and I kind of would like to see that line together again um, with Strom and Debrinkit I think is a great idea to keep them together obviously and and uh, throwing them with Kane again and maybe keeping that intact for a little bit I, I think you start to really see some good things so you know maybe maybe that's an adjustment he'll tinker with is keeping those guys together and Alex would be the bodyguard uh, on that particular right. line he's got the resume for it yeah <laughs> although I've heard some stories that that uh, back in his junior days Alex Debrinkit was not afraid to, to throw down and uh, for him to do so well we saw what happened with Josh Manson speaking of Anaheim. I wonder if they're going to mix it up again here on Wednesday. Um, but uh, uh, we saw it with Josh Manson during the Ducks trip to the United Center. But uh, I, I think, yeah, let, let's spend a minute on, on what that kid did. And, and granted, the other people on the ice when that incident occurred were Patrick Kane, were Dylan Strom, and were Henry Yoki Haru. So a rookie, a newcomer, and Patrick Kane. Whoever would have stepped in, or if more than just Alex Dabrinkit would have stepped in, it would have helped uh, galvanize. I mean, Duncan made a point afterwards when he was asked about it that he's going to remember what Alex did in that particular incident. Props to that guy for, uh, and he held his own against the giving away, I think, 35 pounds and a guy, uh, what, uh, five inches taller than him, six inches taller than him. Maybe I'm not going to kid around and mess around with Alex Dabrinkit too much. No, and, and Especially that, when he throws out a first pitch at, you, at, at uh, guaranteed rate field. No, I'm very respectful of him. That was not a bad first pitch either. Uh, no, you know, then that was, that height and weight differential wasn't nearly as bad as with uh, Manson's. That was like two feet, like 75 pounds. So, uh, it was a tough kid. He's obviously very skilled. It's it's, it's interesting to see a, a you know, top-level skill guy like that, that height and, and weight to uh, have no fear. Just kind of drop the gloves and mix it up. All right, uh, next topic before we get into some lighter things. Oh, we, we half joke here, but uh, a serious question. Will the Blackhawks lead at any point during the game on this two-game trip to Anna, <laughs> Anaheim in Vegas? The Blackhawks have gone seven games without holding a lead in-game, and the only lead that they've had was Gustafson's overtime winner in Florida a couple of Saturdays ago. So as long as we're talking about Vegas as part of it, is your money on a Blackhawks lead here in these next two road games? A win. Usually we're talking wins. Now we're talking leads. I'm going to say they'll get one lead in one of the games. The other thing is, you know, seven straight games with allowing the first goal in the game, too. So that's a, if they can score first, that's another huge page turner if they can uh, make that happen. You had a chance to uh, go to the season ticket holders party? Are you? A, but you're not a season ticket holder. It was a media thing, though. But the family had a good time there on uh, at Museum of Science and Industry on Monday night. MSI, yeah, we had a great time. You know, we didn't get uh, got the media invite last year and could not go. And uh, I think I was talking to you before. I used to be at Navy Pier, and uh, it was interesting. It was very festive there and, and fun. My life, my, my my life, my my wife enjoyed the rides. My wife, my wife, <laughs> boy, that voice enjoyed the rides at Navy Pier. So she was almost like you know she had that kind of view like oh they don't have my rides going into this and then we got there it was very fun there's very cool stuff and you know you kind of just like well, well maybe by accident head to one of the wings of the museum you realize there's no one there because everyone's getting autographs at times we did all this cool stuff in the museum my kids got to see uh, my daughter got to meet sharp and he signed a puck that kane uh, actually threw to her my daughter was at the uh, last game sharp played at the united center so uh, he, he was very cool all the guys were super nice the kids the whole time yeah really nice event that the blackhawks put on for the season ticket holders they optioned if 
was for them to attend, and it was a really good show, uh, really a turnout, I should say, at, at the Museum of Science and Industry on Monday night. Uh, I had auctioning duties. Um, I your voice. I'm glad you got the, the yeah. full voice after the auction. Yeah. I uh, First-time auctioneer here, and uh, we gave away 30... Uh, didn't give away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... It, you might not be back if that's what happened. Luckily, we weren't giving stuff away, and there were generous enough fans. There are 32 items. I think uh, more than 20 of them were game-used autograph sticks from almost every player. Obviously, there were some higher-end that earned a little bit more money for Chicago Blackhawks Foundation, some lower-end ones. And uh, then there were some game-used gloves, game-used uh, skates as well, and then oversized magazine covers from um, the game programs in which uh, whoever was featured on that particular cover, they were they signed and autographed it. Cool. Uh, those yeah, are really nice sharp. Little, I like those. Nice little poster to put on the man cave or wherever or to give to somebody for the holidays. And uh, a big thank you to all the season ticket holders, not only are in the, the investing in season tickets, but also being very generous at this time of year to support the uh, support the Blackhawks Foundation, get a autographed souvenir to go along with their support there. And I think there was only one item out of all of them that, uh, are, that didn't reach the starting bid. We had to go back down. Everything else was at least starting bid or above that, and uh, they were able to put up with me. My problem was, um, getting as old as I am, sometimes we'd... I'd get a bid for let's say eight hundred, and then I'd go. Do I hear eight fifty, eight fifty? And if no one bid eight fifty, I would accidentally said, you know, going once, going twice, sold for eight fifty, and then <laughs> fifty more dollars than anyone was expecting. And then we had to we had to figure that out. But everyone was cool about it. Again, I'll I'll, I'll work on my auctioneering skills if I'm given the opportunity again a year from now. And you could tell everyone that, you know, I don't mind disclosing that the item that didn't sell was a napkin I had used in a press box with a a press dinner. So I I guess people aren't interested in that kind of thing. I won't donate next year. Well, if if you were following us on Twitter during the game or afterwards on on Sunday, I was very impressed that you took a moment to, to stop eating and start filming Nick Offerman playing Shoot the Puck. You know, I, I'm not even that familiar with him. I just, I had some friends went to the the game and they went to the thing he did in the atrium before. He painted himself gold and sat in a chair, I guess like drinking from a glass for a long time apparently. And then he got all cleaned up somehow and uh, and scored the first goal and shoot the puck. So I was just kind of uh, interested in what he was, was doing all together that night. Yeah, whatever he's doing now, he's got a uh, shaved head, big, big, bush, big bushy. Big bushy. Like they're going to play brothers and something. Hey, that's a movie idea. They should you know, step brothers and then maybe brothers on that. I like that. So uh, that's where we are with the Blackhawks here. We wanted to throw out a new, new podcast and uh, put some thoughts together on uh, where this team is right now. Still waiting to get on track. Hopefully that can happen here shortly. Any other stuff that you're working on besides NHL.com, Chelsea Blogger? Um, I know you had something new coming out last week, too, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, for, yeah, thanks. Forbes, I did a uh, piece on Stan Lee. So any Marvel fans, superhero fans, I, I had the uh, cre- co-creator of Venom and the creator of Deadpool um, had some great stuff, kind of some their experience with getting to know him and, and knowing him and how he worked with people. And the guy who created uh, co-created Venom also created Spawn, and he's directing the movie uh, starring Jamie Foxx soon, I believe. So some good stuff there. And uh, for more news on the expansion and what have you, uh, some Hawks commented on it a bit today. That should be on NHL.com. Um, if they run with it, and I'll have a uh, touch on it in the Chelsea Blogger. That'll be up shortly. Yeah, so yeah, the, the expansion of Seattle is a go. It's not going to happen until 21-22, and uh, it'll be the same deal for that expansion draft. Vegas is exempt, 
That's really wrong, especially with what they were able to do in the <laughs> load up <laughs> as a buffet. So it'll be the it'll be the same it'll be the same deal as the Vegas expansion draft. It happens in June twenty twenty one. Same rules where teams are allowed. Each team is going to lose at least one player. Teams are allowed to protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. But that's a long way off right now. The Blackhawks uh, just want to get it back on track here. So, um, and we'll hopefully have a, a nickname. And I wonder what Seattle's going to do with their pregame show. That's another deal. Yeah. Not only do they not only do they have a bar to set in terms of their performance on the ice in their expansion season, but putting on a pregame show which will ever match their nickname. That's why I say Grunge Rockers. You know what? I, th- I think uh, Kelsey Grammer is going to be there, like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> the Hawks in 2010. Speaking of Vince Vaughn, he's out there in Arizona in a Coyotes jersey dropping a ceremonial first puck last week. Oh. Hmm. Very disappointed in, yeah, in Vinny. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a Vinny thing. Vinny Vaughn. It might be. Vinny, Vinny Hinestroza. Anyway, uh, enough. Thanks for uh, joining us on this Blackhawks Crazy podcast. You can follow us along. How is the Blackhawks Crazy Facebook page doing? It's doing well. We're still up there, uh, whatever it is. We're still there. Over in the one, uh, thousands of people haven't left, uh, not because of the way they're playing, because of the content. Uh, but no, yeah, it's still, it's still going strong. Appreciate all the, the comments and feedback. You know, I will say for the holiday season, sometimes you get people who have maybe been in an accident or, or struggling with some kind of disease or trying to help a friend or a family member that they know and, and are trying to take care of, and they, they will send a message, and I'll put a link up if someone has a GoFundMe and is looking for a good cause. I know people are trying to help during the holiday season, so I'm happy to do that. I'll try to do that as well, particularly at this time of year. So thanks for joining us on the Blackhawks Crazy, uh, Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Follow along on the Blackhawks Crazy Facebook page. Follow me and Scott on Twitter. I'm at Bowden Tweet. Scott's at, at Scott King Media. And uh, be sure to listen and subscribe and leave a review. You can subscribe to us through iTunes. And uh, again, Again, thanks for joining us. We'll be at you again next week when the Blackhawks will uh, probably be in the midst of, well, it will be a very busy stretch. Home against Montreal on Sunday, on the road at Winnipeg Tuesday, back home on Wednesday to face Sid Crosby, Malkin, and the Penguins. And uh, then they continue. That begins a stretch of four consecutive home games starting with the Penguins. So we'll talk to you sometime next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. Hope everyone has a good week. Talk to you then.